Hello, viewers and listeners. Welcome back to not a silver screen podcast, but it will be on the silver screen podcast and YouTube channels. Uh, something more of a news special, this, uh, which, you know, uh, in my my love of titling things, I suppose I'm going to title WBDC WTF. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so basically, um, what it is, we're going to have to go over because we're going to be addressing this in future podcasts if we haven't already so we felt we had to make an episode going over all the news of what's going on from warner brothers uh, since they got taken over by discovery and all of the various uh let's be honest nightmare garbage fires that have come out ever since uh particularly with dc projects because that's where in the nerd sphere that sort of is what affects us but it does affect other things as well which i've also kind of made a note of uh, a lot of it film related so um, yeah, it's uh, it's not a great situation, and hopefully, if you're not too familiar, this will help you to become familiar and um, familiarize you with the sources and the, uh, the the kind of the official word from some of these people as to what's going on and why. Uh, and if you're watching our DC top tens or any DC reviews, and we start addressing things like this, you won't be lost and won't wonder what we're talking about if you're not as geekily or fear with the kind of movie news and stuff as we are. So uh, I'm, I'm not on my own here. I am Mike, obviously, but I'm with the, my co-host DK as always. Hello there. <laughs> I didn't have that intro particularly well planned. Sorry, but uh, yeah, right. myself, myself and DK are going to be taking this one. We are the regular podcast guys, obviously. So, and we, uh, I mean, we talk obviously outside of the podcast and we've had a fair few discussions about the state of things. I mean, um, Full disclosure, we've been wanting to record this and make this for a while, but every time we sort of set a date to make it, it seems like there's a new disaster that befalls. <laughs> the <laughs> the by a drop. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, well, should we wait? I mean, if we record it, then there's news the next day. What the heck are we going to yeah. do? So if, uh, if you're listening to this and by now they've announced that they're going to cancel The Flash or Ezra Miller's officially been fired or yeah. uh, anything's been given a release date or anything, then... As of now, it hasn't. We're recording this on Friday, August the 19th, so we're just discussing the state of play as pr at present. <laughs> so, yeah. I, sh I should add, in a couple of days, we're going to be discussing our favourite, uh, our DC movies top 10, and we yeah. thought it would be a little churlish and a little kind of pissing on everyone's chips, as it were, to, in a, in a top 10 where we're celebrating the DC Warner Brothers movies, to bring up basically this complete train wreck so yeah yeah we, we might we might you know it, it might be touched upon but rather than drag what is a celebratory top 10 down we thought it better to uh, to do something separate precisely so there's a lot to get through so i'm not 100 percent sure where to uh, where to start but I, I i've tried to make a rough kind of map of what's happened when uh Basically, this all starts, if you're not familiar with uh, what's been going on in the kind of corporate level, uh, this all came about because Warner Brothers was bought by Discovery, who are not really a multimedia type company. Um, I'm not that familiar with them, so I don't really know what they do do. Um, are you I, any more I, I think their MO is more reality show based. Mm. So that, that tells you where this is going from the offset. Yeah, it's not a great sign. But yeah, so basically Discovery bought Warner Brothers. They've previously been owned by multiple other people, by like Time Warner, who were a cable company, and by various other sources. But it means that the people at the top are now, well, the man at the top who we're going to be hurling a fair few arrows at, I think, in this is a guy called David Zaslav, who is the head of Discovery, but not previously any kind of head of a movie studio, as far as I'm aware, or anything to do with media, but who has basically decided to 
you know, put his foot down, stamp his authority, stick his finger in a lot of DC buys, and uh, he know, is basically the, the cinematic anti-monitor. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like the cinematic equivalent of the Will Ferrell character from the Lego movie. You know, just, we're oh, all having God. fun, and he's just stepping in here, going, "No, yeah, <laughs> will but, not." <laughs> but without the understanding. At the yeah, end. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly right. But uh, so yeah, when when Discovery took over WB, this this affected a lot of things. Uh, and the first effect that we noticed as kind of big nerds, it wasn't a film one; it was TV, and it was affecting the CW network, um, which they had already kind of stated that was never really a priority anymore for these companies and they were looking to sell it off. Um, but I think the first big disappointment, at least for me, uh, and I know partly for you, DK, was that these people came in and summarily killed the Arrowverse in one fell swoop, uh, yeah. which is, yeah, it's a combination of like a continuous, um, kind of like how the MCU is in film. It's the same thing for DC television, an ongoing combined narrative of all these shows which isn't to say you can't watch them on their own but you get more out of it if you watch it like a, a you know a combined universe uh, it's meant a lot to me for well over a decade so i kind of was deeply bitter and resentful that like i said they've effectively well they've definitely just killed it off because the first thing they did was to cancel a ton of uh, cw shows uh, completely surprising everybody and without any real warning so they cancelled batwoman after its third season legends of tomorrow after its seventh I believe, uh, yeah. Naomi after its first <laughs> season. Um, so yeah, a lot of them went uh, completely, you know, away overnight. Uh, and a lot of these shows, they they had said that they were waiting because things were uncertain to see what would happen. But at least in the case of Legends of Tomorrow, they certainly left it on a big cliffhanger. I think expecting that they were going to be able to resolve this and that they would get another season. Uh, I think that's that's the big hurt for me, Legends. I mean, I've yeah. been waiting so long for him for him to introduce my man Booster. I'm the world's biggest yeah. Booster Gold fan. They bring him in, yeah. and he's Donald Faison, and you just think this is going to be epic, and then yeah. they just cancel it. It's also crappy for Donald Faison, who is a massive nerd himself. I do listen to his um, Fake Doctors Real Friends podcast with Zach Braff, and he was super excited for the role because he's a massive nerd. He's always been campaigning for like oh can you ask greg Bellani to put me in something and he finally got a role and then it was one episode uh and they'd been talking it up like crazy to like oh next season we'll gradually build up his costume we'll develop this character uh, we'll answer the cliffhangers and nope it turns out just cancelled uh and the weird i mean fair enough this does happen in television and you're probably thinking well she'll get cancelled but the thing about the cw is um uh, I know that there's a guy uh, who I follow on the internet called Eric Goldman over at Fandom who pointed out that the CW has never really cancelled anything without giving it a chance to finish its story. Um, it's usually always you're cancelled, but you've got like six or seven episodes to tell the end or you're cancelled, but you can have a TV movie to wrap things up. Uh, whereas this was just literally a matter of, nope, all of you shows are cancelled. It's not just those ones. It's just that those are the ones that affected, you know, me personally as a geek and, yeah. and us notably. But um I mean, even Batwoman, which is a show that I liked, I could kind of understand, wasn't necessarily popular and might not have had the viewing figures. And it did at least end with a cliffhanger if you wanted to see it that way that could continue. But it also ended in such a way that you could, you know, that that could be a nice bookmark on the end of the story. So I wasn't as upset, at least in that regard of, you know, that's a nice three season story, whatever. At least it's there and they weren't, you know, they put a little teaser at the end for like, if we do get picked up, what's this? But it doesn't have to matter. Um, whereas, like I said, with Legends, it was very much, it, it's probably the most popular of these shows, it seems. It doesn't seem like it was getting bad viewing figures or anything, and there was no indication it was going to be cancelled. And then, 
yeah, just happened. A couple of more things with regards to that. Um, as I said, it, that wouldn't necessarily have killed off the entire Arrowverse, but there was a moment in Superman and Lois, the TV show recently, uh, where the creatives behind that show decided that they were going to remove themselves from that shared universe and say that they took place on another Earth because they wanted their Superman to be the only hero on their world, basically. So although it was part of the larger multiverse and they mentioned seeing other worlds full of heroes, uh, that isn't the same Superman that you might have followed in Supergirl or the Crisis crossover or whatever. Um, so that isn't basically part of the Arrowverse. And then it was announced, surprising nobody, but still kind of sadly that The Flash uh, would get a final ninth season uh, of 12 episodes and then would be going away as well, uh, making it the longest lived of all of these shows. Um, but again, that is the end when the flash ends that's the arrowverse done um so yeah any thoughts on that uh kind of dc tv situation from you dk it was uh yeah i just think it's a mess to be frank uh i'd, I'd not really started watching naomi and i'd heard mixed things about it i was i didn't like it to be fair i wasn't overly upset about it being cancelled but at the same time i wasn't the target audience because it was very much it was a show for people of color which probably would have meant a lot to them and I don't know if you can realistically cancel anything after one season, to be fair. You know what I mean? No, but, uh, no. I mean, yeah. going off on a tangent, I mean, some of the other shows, I know that the, they ended up putting the uh, reboot of uh, Straczynski's Babylon 5 on hiatus until this mm -hmm. whole situation sorted out. So, yeah, it, oh, yeah. It, it's not just affected the Arrowverse. But... No, not at all. I mean, it's, it's going to affect every show because... Um, a new report came out, uh, and this this was beyond ridiculous, and I think it was yesterday or the day before. Official figures show that the CW's average viewer is apparently 58 years old, which is nonsense within itself. I don't know where they're getting that. Um, but, but that CW will now move all of its programming to reflect that target audience, which is like, that is nonsense, because everything on the CW... How many 58-year-olds are watching The Witch from Riverdale have to, you know, turn no. back time and whatnot, or that's, watching all of the DC shows? Nonsense, sure. It's got to be nonsense. The only way, uh, as I said, I think this was Eric Goldman again that said something about maybe it's not considering people that watch it on catch-up or delay or streaming or using their parents' passwords or something. Um, but there's absolutely no way that the target audience at CW is 58-year-olds, at least not for most of the new shows. I mean, I don't know what they showed during the day. Some people were saying, oh, it's maybe like soap operas or reality-type TV and whatnot, which obviously that seems to indicate that's the way that's going to go now. That'll be what that channel is. But it is a shame because they have had some great shows over the years. And uh, even the ones I haven't watched that have a big fan base, like I said, like I alluded to Riverdale or yeah. Supernatural and stuff like that. And it seems like, although nothing's been announced besides the Arrowverse, it does seem like they're pretty much all going to go away now um, with this justification of, well, we're not appealing to the 58-year-olds anymore. But who knows? You know? I'm, I'm, just, um, I'm just imagining now an auditorium full of old-age pensioner comic book guys. And it's <laughs> it's just no, no. That's wrong. I think they're it's just using both yeah. to justify executive decisions. And oh, completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I mean, I, it doesn't bode well for other shows that we like, as we've mentioned, uh, you know, Stargirl. It, uh, it doesn't bode well for things like Stargirl, which, as far as I know, is really popular. But yeah, well, I'm, not just that. I mean, like I said, it, again, nothing's been confirmed. We were both in feathers when we saw the report of it's looking likely that Titans, Doom Patrol and Harley Quinn are all going to be cancelled. Uh, if Doom Patrol like, oh. goes, I am I am done. I am just yeah. done. That is that that show is just one of the best things on TV yeah, in I a agree. long, long time. 
And I mean, we could get into a review of that show, but suffice to say, just watch it if you're not, basically. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I still enjoy Titans for what it is, but I wouldn't be devastated. And I think Harley Quinn, again, is another one of those things that's hugely popular. And I can't understand where the logic would be to cancel that other than, you know, money decisions and whatever else. Um, so, yeah. Any, it, any other thoughts before I move on from the TV stuff? Then? It just looks like a train wreck from every single angle. Because, yes, they're cancelling the Arrowverse shows. But then to turn around and just say Superman and Lois has nothing to do with those shows. Well, that wasn't really an executive decision, to be fair. That was no, the creatives of that show. No, but it comes across as a little petty and vindictive. Yeah. And it just this is what is indicative to me of the problems going on at Warner Brothers and DC at the minute. Yeah. The left hand and, um, has no idea what the right hand is doing. And even if they oh, did, completely. they don't care. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And speaking of Superman and Lois, believe it or not, this isn't even the end of the shit show that is the current DC TV shows. Because again, news came out yesterday as as a time of recording that Superman and Lois has lost a cast member. Uh, we can't get rid of the Flash, but we've lost Jonathan Kent. So, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, I have the official statement here. Jordan Elsass, who plays Jonathan, won't be returning for the third season. Uh, his role, Jonathan Kent, they've said, will be recast. The decision was made after Elsass didn't report back to work by the deadline given to the cast to reconvene. Uh, the statement simply said, Jordan Elsass has notified the studio that he will not be returning to Superman and Lois for season three due to personal reasons. The role of Jonathan Kent will be recast. So that was the official statement from WB. No comment from Elsass, basically, about this. Uh, he has believed to be dealing with some serious personal issues, possibly mental health-related, which, fair enough, I don't want to pry into that, and it's none of our business. Uh, but there is conflicting information as to whether he left or was fired, uh, because, again, this is just a, a nightmare of their own making with WB. But basically, Elsass's COVID vaccination status was unknown. He's believed to have used an exception during filming last season, which he seemed to confirm in a quickly deleted Instagram story uh, he posted in February, in which he questioned whether vaccines work. Uh, Canada has a policy about not allowing unvaccinated people to come into the country, which was recently tested on tennis star Novak Djokovic, who was denied entry over his refusal to get a vaccine. In Elsass's case, it was a moot point because he just didn't even attempt to return to the set in Canada. So, again, trouble <laughs> with with your cast and your creatives and who knows what's going on. Uh, we'll get into the movie side of things later, but I just wanted to get the TV stuff out of the way. And so this could speak to the general environment at WB pre-discovery and the whole situation that like Ray Fisher is still raging about, about Justice League and the creatives on that and the producers. Um, we'd be here all day, like I said, but yeah. this is mainly to deal with the WB discovery shit show that's currently happening. Yeah. Uh, so it's more to do with like the creative projects, I think. So it's just been one, mess after another they've just been lurching yeah. from one pr disaster to another and at some point every, yeah. something's got to give but it, it even now it just seems like they're doubling down on the idiocy well the weird thing is that a lot of the people that like for example like i said without wanting to litigate it and re-go over it a lot of times a lot of people that um the sort of higher ups that ray fisher complained about with justice league have been replaced because of this whole takeover and everything now so uh, in a way that situation has corrected itself but given rise to this new problem which is that these creatives don't seem to be interested in actual creating it's more of a money thing um so yeah and this is um, it's a, a real shame when it comes to the people being like down yeah. and yeah the, the, the those in charge those who who are creating these and people will disagree but those in charge those who are creating this, these pieces of art yeah they're getting paid they're getting a nice paycheck out of it but at the end of the day 
an artist wants their work to be seen. And I feel really bad oh, yeah. with people that are in these, like Leslie Grace and. Oh yeah, well, I'll get to that. Uh, yeah. I'll get to that next. That was going to be my next point. Was that so? Obviously, the DC TV stuff happened, and it was what it was. Um, but you know, we we I'm pri primarily a movie channel, and the big thing that broke that kind of started the snowball effect of bad stuff happening one after the other was. Uh, that they announced out of nowhere, DC, that they were just cancelling Batgirl, a film that had been on the slate for a while. Um, it had sort of promo photos and stuff coming out. They'd announced the cast. It had Leslie Grace, it had Michael Keaton in, uh, a load of other kind of relatively famous people that I cannot remember right now. Brendan um, Fraser. Brendan Fraser, of course, playing Firefly, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it... it Certainly sounded like they had something planned there, but they had initially they had announced it from the start as being made to go straight to HBO Max. It wasn't planned for a cinema release. And I think part of the issue is that Zaslav, who we mentioned, isn't really interested in streaming. Uh, he seems to want to completely move away from that. And he didn't think the, the film was good enough to warrant a cinema release and would apparently, you know, just doesn't want to do anything out on streaming. So out it went. Um, but let me just find the official statement if I can uh, just to give you the official sort of word from them to, to give them their dues then and give them a fair shout um, the, the news came out that it was a 90 million dollar movie which now that's 90 million just gone wasted could have happily thrown it my way but never mind <laughs> um, but yeah Les Leslie Grace as they say it was her star was on the rise uh, she had been in that musical last year by Lin-Manuel Miranda his name I cannot remember now <laughs> in the high terrible in the Heights, that's the one. She'd uh, been getting rave reviews for In the Heights, and um, the film was directed by Adil El Arbi and Bilal Falah, who directed Bad Boys for Life to fantastic, uh, gross box office, and directed the Captain Marvel show recently on Disney Plus to some of the highest ratings. So certainly the pedigree was pretty decent. It wasn't, you know, nobodies or people that were just giving a chance. Um, yeah. So a spokesperson basically said the decision to not release Batgirl reflect our leadership's strategic shift as it relates to the DC Universe and HBO Max. Leslie Grace is an incredibly talented actor, and this decision is not a reflection of her performance, which you can say that all you want, but it's still going to yeah. feel like it to her. It's, it's, um, hard to, uh, it's hard to look at it any other way, regardless of any yeah. financial decisions. I mean, that poor woman, she must be distraught. I mean, you, it's it's the ultimate biggest break. You're the lead in a superhero movie, one of the most iconic characters. You know what I mean? It, and okay, it's not Batman, it's Batgirl, if you want to be sexist about it. But at the same time, you, you're leading a superhero movie, and this character is iconic. I mean, going back yeah. to Yvonne Craig in the 60s, you know? <laughs> so, um, and it would have been, you know, it would have been a huge deal just having Michael Keaton in it, for, for argument's sake, you know what I mean? And uh, the return of that Batman, but... For whatever reason, they decided not to go with it. And again, during the, the QT earnings call on the 4th of August, uh, David Zaslav himself elaborated on why Batgirl was cancelled, saying, we're not going to launch a movie until it's ready. We're not going to launch a movie to make a quarter, and we're not going to put a movie out unless we believe in it. Um, he reiterated Warner Bros. plans to hire a team of people whose job it is to put together a 10-year plan focusing just on DC in the hopes of emulating Marvel Studios' success. Yeah, we're, we're all getting deja vu hearing that for the fifth time in yeah. 10 years or whatever it is. Um, yeah, he went on anyway in the statement. These are brands that are known everywhere in the world, he said, uh, referring to Batman and Wonder Woman specifically. And as part of that, we're going to focus on quality. DC is something that we think we could make better, and we're focused on it now. Again, you're doing a terrible job so far, buddy, but whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, the New York Post claimed that Batgirl was strapped after being called 
irredeemable following negative test screenings, which, yeah, I mean, I've heard that and I've heard some people using that as a defensive, like, well, DC have put out enough bad things and they don't want to do it and they don't want... I cannot believe the film was that bad. No. I use the word irredeemable, absolutely not. And when you look at some of the stuff they have put out... This is, this is the studio that released Catwoman. I know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Supergirl in the 80s, you know what I mean? Or any number of things. I mean, whatever you think of the DCEU, it's hardly, you know, critically a huge success, is it? So, you know, Suicide Squad even, you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, anyway, so, um, so yeah, that was the situation when it came to Batgirl, which I, I just don't buy that. And like I said, you can't tell me that it wouldn't have at least had some interest and piqued some interest in the fact that you've got, like I said, an actor like Brendan Fraser who's developing his fan base back now, going through a bit of a resurgence. And Michael Keaton's Batman. I mean, that's the hugest thing. Is You There's can't overstate the, how important that is, you know? That's like one of the biggest selling points ever when it comes to Warner Brothers and DC. I cannot believe that that would not get backsides in seats, regardless exactly. of and what you say. Even if, you know, it wasn't good enough and whatever else, I still don't understand the logic which, you know, I'll, I'll get into it a bit later, um, but I don't understand the logic of not just putting it on HBO Max or or not just giving it a limited release. So back in the day when they used to release stuff straight to video, but to just shelve it completely is like, nah, you're not going to see it. I think it does not it, make I, sense to me. I think, no, I think it's just purely from financial because from what I understand, they can only claim it as a tax write-off if they guarantee never to show it, regardless whether it be theatrical or on streaming, so I think Zaslav's just been what re, you know recently been watching the producers, and just the light bulb mm -hmm. has gone on over his head. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I was going to bring that up. But yeah, it seems like the the smoking gun that they found, which was the ultimate reason behind this, was of course because these these are the corporate types financial bullshit, and it was you know they want to claim it as a tax write off, and like you said, they can't if it gets a release of any kind. And this way they can guarantee themselves a few million in tax write-offs that they wouldn't necessarily get from box office or whatever else. So that's that, you know. <laughs> and uh, again, it's it's shocking and it comes down to, you know, it does. Yes, I understand that film is a business. It's called show business. But it's that whole sort of the business side versus the artistic side that comes up a lot. And it's just, I, I personally, I lament decisions like that where it's like we've made something, but we want to just write it off so that we can make a quick buck. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't make yeah. any sense. And it, it does it hugely. Again, I can't overstate enough. It hugely sucks for all the people involved. Every actor and uh, actress worked on that film. Everybody behind the scenes, the directors, the people that wrote it. It sucks. There's no two ways about it, really. Um, it makes you wonder what the plan is going forward with things like Black Adam and Jam uh, Fury from the Gods. Because this oh, must well, be disheartening across the entire department, if you know what I mean. And you, you I have information to, about that, yeah. But yeah, if, the, if these are going to suffer because of it, because of this continued undermining of its own creative type. Yeah. Um, I wanted to quickly bring this about, it's probably going to seem a little bit dry because it is quite, it's kind of the vegetables of um, of the film business, but I thought it was worth noting that, um, as I alluded to earlier, a law professor did warn that Warner Brothers Discovery might be close to breaching antitrust laws because of the cancellation of Batgirl. 
Uh, speaking to Hollywood Reporter, USC or University of Southern California law professor Jonathan Barnett expressed concern about the market power now wielded by the recently merged Warner Brothers Discovery Inc., as well as some of the company's, quote, post-closing actions. Uh, he queried the company's likelihood to act in the best interests of consumers, saying you have to ask if this combined entity has sufficient market share to act unilater unilaterally with respect to the traditional parameters of competition like pricing and output. Uh, Texas Democrat Representative Joaquin Castro also argued the recent spending cuts on content raised antitrust concerns, saying there had, quote, already been large cuts throughout the company and they're anticipating more. He also lamented the decision to scrap Batgirl as an opportunity lost for meaningful on-screen representation, which again we should definitely have spoken about, uh, and yeah. stated this incredibly gifted Latina actress and wonderful story will get thrown down the drain for a tax write-off. Antitrust laws seek to promote innovation, choice, and product variety in American industries. Mergers are only permitted to go ahead if the deal does not incentivize a company to, quote, withdraw a product that a significant number of customers strongly prefer. So it's sounding not great for them on the back of that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Lawmakers had already raised concerns the move could limit inclusive programming, which seems to have happened immediately with the cancellation of Batgirl. Uh, and then, yeah, just going over, supposedly it was about irredeemable test screenings and David Zaslav saying it was to protect the DC brand and our strategic shift away from HBO Max and whatever else. But, you know, it's nonsense. It's having the exact opposite of protecting the DC brand. It's it's de devaluing it week by week because every, every other week you get, you know, the statement coming out saying... You know, this project's in trouble, that project's in trouble, this project's been cancelled. It's yeah, it's just looking like a complete circus over there. It is. And that brings us to the other um big sort of news with the with regards to DC and their film output and protecting the brand, supposedly. Ezra Miller. A name yeah. that strikes fear in everybody's hearts, it seems, at the moment. <laughs> I just want to <sighs> fear coming from Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> Ezra Flipping Miller. Suffice to say, their behavior has been shocking. Uh, it's not disproven. They've been wildly off the rails talking about, you know, wanting to wage a one-person war against the KKK, strangling um, a, a woman on camera, supposedly grooming uh, young children and giving them weapons, trying to start their own cult. It's horrendous behavior. It's not just a matter of, oh, oops, one little thing went wrong or I went off the rails or I've got to check into rehab because I lapsed in a drink or drug problem or whatever. This is huge, terrible behavior, effectively. Yeah. And uh, the, the kind of problem with that, as DC stands, is that there's a, sent, a sort of fundamentally pivotal film coming out uh, called The Flash, which would have starred Ezra Miller in the title role. And not just that... It's kind of a Flashpoint multiverse type story. So it actually has Ezra Miller more than once. And uh, again, I've mentioned to you, DK, I forget who it was, but somebody made the joke. I feel bad for DC because if there's one thing worse right now than promoting a film with Ezra Miller, it's promoting a film with two Ezra Millers. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah, what, what? And the fact that um, WB and DC seemed to be completely ignoring this as more and more news just kept on coming out. And we were just in disbelief of like this new story happens and there's no statement made. And it came out that not just that they actually had Ezra Miller there and they were filming reshoots for The Flash whilst they were on the run from the law and actually wanted. They were harboring a fugitive yeah. over there at WBDC. And it's just kind of like, you, 
there's bad, there's tax write-offs, there's horrendous not, and then there's harboring a fugitive. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? How do you go down this path of like, how bad can we, be? how badly can we behave? I, Just I, gradually work. I don't know what's going on. I'm not going to wade into the whole he, he said she said thing about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, but the moment, yeah, the very moment that Depp was accused, Depp was out. He was out of uh, what was it? Uh, Fantastic Creatures, was Fantastic. it? The Wizarding World one. Yeah. But they've got Ezra Miller doing all this stuff, and it's like they they're holding on so tight, and I just cannot for the life of me understand why. It's like their entire empire is crumbling around them. And they're just trying to shield Ezra from everything. Yeah, well, it's it's a difficult situation because as has been brought up, they're in they're in the situation that they because they've delayed this film so many dang times and everything. It's basically filmed, so it's not like they can do anything about it. Because people have said like there's situations in the past where you know horrendous things have happened, and for example, Christopher Plummer replacing Kevin Spacey during All yeah. Money in the World when those allegations came out and it was just a matter of Ridley Scott managed to do that in like a month, just turn around, completely refilm all those scenes with a new actor, um, you know, and people were like, well, why can't you do that? But the problem is that Barry Allen is supposedly in practically every frame of this movie. So you can't just refilm those bits. You'd have to literally just remount the entire movie. It's better to just, just cancel it. I mean, yeah, they've, they've cancelled Batgirl, so it's now not without precedent. But regardless, yeah. even if they went ahead, and this film, surely it's going to be box office suicide. Because a lot of people are not going to see it. I mean, we had this discussion the other night. We're the biggest, you know, Flash fans on the planet. But we've, we've got no incentive to go and see it, to give the money, because we, we just think it's a just complete shit show, as it were. I don't... I don't want to see Ezra Miller's face, to be honest. Like I said, these things are horrendous. And I'll get into the statement that was made, that they made, um, you know, to try to defend themselves. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't want to see anything with Ezra Miller at all. And, again, like you said, not only am I the biggest Barry Allen Flash fan, you, any idea how excited I was to see Michael Keaton's Batman back? And, yeah, yeah that's solid. I'm not I'm not prepared to go to that length to see that. And I don't want to... Again, I feel terrible for Sasha Kaye, who by all accounts is a great Supergirl. And I was looking forward to seeing her. But in that movie, I'm not interested. So, and, yeah. And it does say a great deal for your commitment to representation when you're cancelling yeah. the only movie that has a Latino lead and you're Ezra Miller, the Ezra Miller movie well, going. Not just that, they also cancelled because they had said they were going to spin off a new Supergirl movie from The Flash, which they've officially kind of you know, very slyly hidden in the biggest shit show in the world, said, no, we're not going ahead with that. So that's yet another Latina lead actress as a superhero or heroine that was promised a movie and is now not getting one. Yeah. So <laughs> and I, feel, I feel, again, I feel bad for it. I mean, I'm not sure if you saw it, but can, uh, when they released the footage, when they revealed to her that she got the role and how yeah. happy she was to have got the role. And it's just making a mockery of all these people and the talents. It's, it, I, I, it's, it's utterly, utterly confusing to me. Yeah. And I mean, just to, just to you know, clarify things, I'm not telling other people how to behave. If you can kind of divorce art from artist and whatever else and you want to go see The Flash or you are one of those people that can justify it as like, well, there's a lot of people that worked on this movie and we want to support them, absolutely fair play to you. I'm not going to say that you know, you're wrong to do that. But just as a quick gauge of opinion, that's what DK was saying, that he and I, you know, are, asked each other and both said no i don't i'm not gonna watch it so <laughs> so and we're not we're not 
how, how can I describe it? We're not these you know, woke warriors, as I'm sure we'll probably be labelled for saying such things. But, you, you know, there, there comes a line, there comes a time where you've got to draw a line in the sand and say, come on now, get real. Yeah. Yeah, everybody I've spoken to, no, no one wants to see this movie. So why the hell do they run to it so tight? And it can't be for Michael Keaton, say, because if, if it was that, Batgirl would be going ahead. Yeah, I mean, that's a whole other story is that they are now supposedly leaning away from that whole thing because uh, they were going to... It, it was it was said like a year ago that the plan was because of Affleck quitting that they were going to, you know, do the whole merging of universes and go forward with Michael Keaton as the main universe as Batman, which is why he was going to pop up in Batgirl after being in The Flash. Uh, but now it looks like David Zaslav doesn't like that idea, wants to stick with the kind of the DCEU slash Snyderverse that we've got so that... Keaton has now had his scenes that were already filmed for Aquaman replaced with Ben Affleck, who's now went in and filmed scenes. So again, it's just a complete shit show. You don't know what's going on, what's the plan. It's it's nonsense, and it's just like it seems like backward steps to say kind of, oh, we we, we kind of we're sticking with the continuity we've already got, which is like it, that's the problem is that, that hasn't worked. The Flash yeah. was your chance to fix. And again, if the reason you're bringing the Flash out was, well, it's it's pivotal to fixing our plans, then I could understand it more. But it seems like that's not even the case. The only thing that I've heard about the movie is that it's po testing extremely positively and it's getting fantastic reviews. So I feel like that's what they're seeing is the dollar signs of like, ooh, if it's such a great film, we might be able to, you know, do the superhero billion dollars at the box office type thing. But like you said, you've got to wonder, will it make that kind of money with Miller in and... Again, it came out that, um, uh, you know, somebody had leaked that they were planning one of three things, and that was to either go ahead without Miller participating in any kind of promotion, have Miller apologize for their behavior and, you know, explain things or shelve it altogether. And it seems like they went with option B out of those uh, because I have the statement here. Uh, Ezra Miller finally addressed this storm of recent controversies in a statement, um, which I'm going to read verbatim because how else can you do it? <clears throat> Excuse me. So these are their words, not mine. Um, having recently gone through a time of intense crisis, I now understand that I am suffering complex mental health issues and have begun ongoing treatment. I want to apologize to everyone that I have alarmed and upset with my past behavior. I'm committed to doing the necessary work to get back to a healthy, safe and productive stage in my life. Now, I don't want to be negative, <laughs> but <laughs> that that really does... I, I don't buy it. And it's, it comes I feel across like, like it's been written by, by a lawyer. Of course it was. Of course it was. It was written by DC as like, can you please sign this? This is exactly what we need to say. Um, you know what I mean? But at the same time, I feel bad because like, well, what could they say? Um, either Ezra or DC, what could be said? What could uh, th That would be better than that. And at the same time, I get that. But it's also, like you said, it's gone too far. We've all had mental health issues and we don't use it to justify grooming children. Or you know, giving guns to people—it's—it's it's, there's behavior that's too far where you can just like and like you said, not to get all warrior about it or not to get all petty about it, but if you look at some of the people that have been quote unquote cancelled for far less and have made you know perfectly valid statements but not been allowed back, you've got to question why it is that WB is sticking like you said just so solidly with Miller. It does not make any sense other than like I said, protecting this one film which. Man, you've, you've got to hope for their sake that it does do absolute blockbuster business because otherwise, like you said, it, it, no, no part of this makes sense to cancel one film to protect the brand that was 
heavily anticipated and had representation and no problems and yet double down on this other film that's just the absolute weight around your neck it's it's nonsense the pro- problem is it seems like they're trying to hold on to one film to save a continuity that's completely wrecked from the word go anyway yeah i mean to to some extent regardless what anybody says they're competing with marvel yeah and yet dc well, stable admitted that, yeah <laughs> yeah they're stable of characters is by far, I mean, you know, Spider-Man, Hulk aside, so much more well-known than Marvel stable characters. And yet in recent years, they've continually fumbled and pissed away every chance they've been given. And now they're just holding on to this one for dear life. And I just don't get it. It's weird, especially we don't have a clue what they're doing with Superman and they don't seem to care. Because no. there was the rumor in Comic-Con they were going to finally bring out Henry Cavill and it was going to be, you know, bring the house down and everyone was going to cheer and they were going to announce some kind of project with him. And Cavill didn't appear. It was, you know, these are the next films, Shazam 2 and Black Adam. Here's The Rock in character. All right, bye, everyone. And that was it, which was, you know, you can be the most ardent DC fan. And believe me, I am when it comes to a lot of the stuff. I'm not here just to poop on DC overall. No. But that was disappointing. That was, that was subpar for a Comic-Con thing, and especially when you look at Marvel absolutely blowing them out the water with their phase, you know, four, five, and six slate that was announced later that day. It's kind of like, surely you'd think somebody at DC would be suitably embarrassed to have just gone up there and went like, yeah, we have these two films coming out. Yay, go see them. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's just pathetic. They devalue their own movies. I mean, Marvel are criticised often for, you know, quote, being cinema in recent years. We, I mean, it's another argument entirely. But love them or hate them. They've been a cultural touchstone now for well over a decade. And yeah, yeah, some might regard them as overly important while others not important at all. But even so, they remain, for the most part, an exercise in uh, in-universe structure and continuity. If events in one movie, they have a knock-on effect on another. Now, up until this point, DCU don't even have that. Events are now treated as unimportant, even with its own continuity. And if they don't care, why should the audience? I mean, the excuse is, well, we want to tell good stories. But, I mean, well, let's be honest, with the exception of one or two releases, they've not even been good, memorable or iconic stories in their own right. And it's just, it, no. it's pitiful, honestly. And like you said, a lot of people were kind of, um, they were more enthused and they were kind of happier when it looked like DC were not beholden to this continuity and would do the whole Elseworlds thing and would bring out projects that weren't necessarily connected. So like them or hate them, um, Joker and the Batman were both not connected to anything, but both did fantastically well, you know, one box office wise and one critically at the very least. Um, But now it seems like they're moving away from even that. Uh, You know, they did announce the Joker sequel was happening and it will be a musical with Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn. And that's a debate for another time (laughs) that I'm not going to get into yet. Um, but they haven't yet greenlit the Batman, which again, some people are saying, well, it's not a big deal. They often don't with these things and stuff uh, for a while. And it's like, yeah, but you'd think they'd want to, you know, set the audience's mind at ease if you're a fan of that particular thing. And the latest report was they don't particularly want to do anything with that, but they feel obliged. So they're going to let Matt Reeves and Robert Pattinson uh, see out a trilogy and then get rid of them because uh, they don't want them to do anything else with them. They don't, they're not interested in this whole expanded world on HBO Max of detective shows and the Penguin stories and stuff. They just want to quietly release three Batman films, then be done with it. Which again, is kind of like, what are you doing? This is... yeah. You have no you just say, Batman, you're right off Batman. What are you doing? 
Yeah, you you don't, you obviously as a company don't give a shit about this product that you're putting out. So why should we, as a consumer, give a shit about this product that you're putting out? Exactly. It's just what nonsense. Is the point sense. of it. But again, this the other thing I wanted to bring up, which is again, I, I don't have a source for this, and I wish I did, but. There was various conflicting reports about, like, in terms of your statement about, um, you know, they don't know what uh, continuity is or how to, you know, to stick to their own continuity the way Marvel does. The central problem of that is that nobody seems to know which version of Justice League is canon to their universe. Yeah. And it's it's an absolute mess because they have official, the official statement was that Zack Snyder's Justice League was a lovely thing, but it wasn't canon. And it makes sense that it wasn't canon because there's a lot of stuff in there that you can't reconcile, not least of all Amber Heard's accent. But again, we're not here to discuss terrible acting choices. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah, it seemed like it wasn't canon and the theatrical Justice League, whatever you think of it, was the canon version that we were going with. And that was, you know, that was logical and it made sense whether you liked that film or not. It was what they released. And that seemed to jive better with the uh, universe going forward. But then it turns out, no, Jason Momoa came out. We aren't interested in that. We we made a sequel to Snyder's Justice League. What about the continuity errors? The fact that Amber sounds completely different. The fact that it doesn't. We don't care. We we aren't interested in that. We we want to carry on Snyder's vision. Then Patty Jenkins came out. We don't consider that Justice League thing official. We all work on in a universe where Zack Snyder's was the official view, and that's the only one we're interested in. So all your creatives have basically went over your head as a company and completely backtracked on what you're trying to say. So there's no agreement on that. And then Zaslav comes out uh, recently, apparently, and says, no, I like the Snyder version. We're going to say that's the canon version now, not the other one. Oh, so which that. one is it? The thing is, if you'd have got someone decent, someone like Fanny, heading things up over at Warner Brothers or DC, and they keep saying that they're going to do it. Um, I, I think I read the other day that isn't The Rock stepping up because he wants to do it or something. Oh, like don't that. get me started on that either. That's, yeah. well, uh, I'm glad you brought it up because we can get into this. Can I just say now, he's not going to be listening to this, but if you are listening to this, Dwayne, you are not in charge of DC. <laughs> you think you are, but you're not. Shut up. Oh, I, I campaigned to keep Shazam and Black Adam separate so as not to tarnish the brands. I'm not going to say anything against Wayne because I love the guy. But at the, as it stands, going forward, you've got an anti-hero who is supposedly now heading up the DCU, And you've got all, mm. all these iconic characters that just feel like they've been thrown to one side. And it is, it's, it's because of The Rock's clout. And, you know, he, well, as much as he, you know, it's egotistical <laughs> to see he's franchised Viagra, he's proven that. So I, I don't really have an issue with that as in terms of ego. I'm like, yeah, fair enough. You've got the box office receipts to back up that claim. You know what I mean? Um, but it's because, like you said, the only reason that I think is suffering, besides the fact that it supposedly is good, the only reason it's not suffering from any of this kind of backlash or anything is because it's The Rock and nobody would dare be like, we're cancelling this next to The Rock movie because he's the closest thing to like a you know film star that can open a film on his own face that we have in this day and age probably. You know, it's The Rock and Tom Cruise. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, but, it's bizarre but, to think. Yeah, But you wouldn't be getting that if there wasn't such a power vacuum. And it's a noted yeah. power vacuum. It was over at Warner's. And th this is what gets me, right? Because stuff like that. There's nobody doing PR. Or if they are, they've got several people doing PR for different projects. There's nobody, there is nobody over at Warners and DC stepping up, taking charge, and just saying, right, this is what's going to happen. 
we're going to do it this way, it involves these characters, and we're going to do, you know, this plan. Instead, you've, yeah. you, you, you've got a bunch of creatives, and then once inside of the studio, they're saying, we're not doing a shared universe, we're just going to tell good stories. The other half is saying, no, we're still part of the shared universe. The two cannot coexist, because... It's- it's it's changed hands so many times that, like you said, it's hard to keep up because the whole point was it was Walter Hamada who has now said he's leaving because of this whole situation and he wasn't happy with it, but now has been told he, to leave after Black Adam and whatever. But it was him that basically said, we're not overly concerned with the shared universe. We just want to tell good stories and we, it'll all be, you know, lean into the Elseworlds concept or whatever else. And now Zaslav and Discovery have basically come in and went, ignore that. We want to tell one combined Marvel universe. We're looking for our Feige. And we want to, you know, have a great ten-year plan. So again, you have people, and you know, how, how long will it be necessarily before it's a few years down the line and discovery get replaced by somebody who says something different again? Yeah. So t- you said t- there's t- no message. To some extent, I do agree with Saslav on that because you've had a few years of people supposedly telling stories. The only ones that I consider are in some way connected to the DCU are Joker and Batman, which have both done done well. Yeah, but at some point, if you are going to have both separate stories and a DCU, something to get confusing because what happens then when you introduce the Joker or Batman into the DCU? And if you do, I don't, I don't agree with that. I think audiences are literate enough to know the difference, and they've already got, you know, Joaquin Phoenix, um, Barry Keegan, and. Um, Jared Leto, Leto currently, yeah. technically you are currently the Joker, and there's nobody confused as to which one is which, as far as I can tell. Do you know what I mean? So, I see. I don't know. I just think it's a, it's a weird way of going about things because from what I, th- I think it might have been the article that you sent me yesterday that they're talking about keep, keeping Momoa on, but Gal Gadot now might be out. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm I'm going to get into that because I have that was the next thing I was going to get into, so I may as well talk about it now. Um, yeah, the rumor is that the Warner Brothers Discovery Board wants to go over David Zaslav, the CEO, and shelve the Flash, mainly due to Ezra Miller's erratic behavior. Um, yeah, the, the, apparently um, Zaslav, as you would expect, is high on the Flash, doesn't think Miller will get too out of control, which is a ridiculous statement because, frankly, that line has been crossed, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but the others aren't so confident anyway. Um According to a scoop by Twitter user Undercover Audience, Zaslav was outvoted last Tuesday at a meeting about the Flash's future as the board wants to shelve it definitely, which I think is what we're saying they should do, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Zaslav being unhappy and a typical, you know, spoiled brand executive decided to call another meeting on Thursday to try and get the result he wanted, because that's what we do if we don't get our way. We just keep trying. Uh, and a shouting match reportedly ensued. Uh, so, yeah, the... the Actual tweet says that Zavslav got outvoted on Tuesday with regards to the Ezra situation. The majority of the WB Discovery Board wanted to indefinitely shelve the Flash, but Zaslav was against it, so he called in another meeting today, and it sounds like there's actually a shouting match happening right now at WB. That's the last thing you need in this ongoing shit. <laughs> no. And, and again, yeah. it's down to bad PR, because somebody should be... Ultimately, um, you know, you know, yeah, somebody should be at ground zero right now, putting out a statement saying, this is it's all absolute bollocks. We're doing this, this, and this. Anything you hear is just unconfirmed rumour. I mean, obviously, when the rumour's proven different, then... <laughs> no, anyway. Additionally, it said Zaslav is more worried about Aquaman 2 being a dud and doesn't want to cost the studio two failures from DC in a row or see two pictures get delayed any further. 
which again doesn't make a lot of sense with the whole backup situation, but whatever. Um, the tweet says Zaslav doesn't have confidence and is worried about Aquaman 2. He fears Aquaman might turn out to be a major dude or might be delayed, so he doesn't want to get rid of another major property off the DC slate. So he called in another meeting today, but things quickly went tits up. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I know a lot of the kind of film YouTube channels and stuff have jumped on this and have said, now that Miller has apologized, should the Flash be released, will you go and see it and whatever? And I just don't buy it. Just, uh, like I no. said, that's me, like, you know, there, and I don't want to go over it again, but it's not good enough for me, frankly. And I feel for them as a business because you're, you literally are left with just you've got to shelve the movie. But at this stage, you have to, especially, like yeah. I said, ter- the terrible look of like we're keeping that, but we're getting rid of other stuff. Just it looks like you are just showing contempt for the consumer. Um, and on, on a semi related note, I forgot to mention earlier, uh, talking of movies that aren't DC related. Um, there was a sequel to the movie Scoob, which was in the same situation, um, which, okay, it's not going to be Citizen Kane, but, you know, Scoob 2, Holiday Haunt, was done and was ready to come out. And, you know, the first movie did well on streaming, but because of this whole moving away from that and whatever they did, they pulled a Batgirl and they've shelved the movie and nobody's going to get to see it. They want it to be a tax write-off. And again, the people who created the movie have just said, we're baffled by this because you've got a guaranteed audience of kids who would see this from Halloween right the way through to the holidays and stuff. And why, why would you just get rid of it? Not to mention the work, as in that case, it's it's animation. So the work that's went into it, because it is like 99% finished, the work that the people that have animated on it and everything, just, it, it doesn't make sense. And then no. again, as this story develops more and more today, it's coming out that HBO Max are gradually removing more and more stuff from their service that the people uh, now won't have access to. So they've gotten rid of a couple of animated sitcoms uh, that were quite popular. They've now removed the entire Sesame Street back catalogue. And it seems like every time I open Twitter, it's HBO Max has now removed this. And you kind of wonder, is the plan just to scrap HBO Max? Yeah. <laughs> and if so, like, why? Surely, I mean, I, I don't know the ins and outs of how profitable streaming is because nobody says. And admittedly, it was a dumb decision to do the thing they did when the pandemic happened and say, okay, every big release will be released on streaming the same day as in cinemas. But at the same time, you'd think that would have helped your streaming numbers, right? Yeah, from what I can gather, HBO Max had the largest library. Yeah. Which were keeping their uh, subscribers happy. So surely this is prompting loads of people to drop the service because they're not getting what they initially started paying for. Yeah, it's dumb. Anyway. So, <laughs> I mean, I think I've, I've ranted enough about all of this in, in my own way to say that, yeah, we just need, it's it's a complete mess over there and we need some kind of clarity and we need to know what's going on. But in terms of DC, it just seems like they've gone from bad to worse to I can't believe we're here yeah. right now, you know. And it pains so. me to say it because I was the, the biggest DC fan for the longest time. But the repeated disrespect the company make of that what you will shown both characters and fans in the last decade it's just completely turned me off yeah it's terrible well i mean like you said it seems to be dc a dc thing because the animated things are doing the same i mean they started out where nothing was connected and they did a whole connected universe based on the new 52 then they ended that and it seemed like they were just going back to separate stuff and it turns out nope now we're doing the tomorrow verse along with separate stuff and it's kind of like why are you obsessed with creating new continuities and alienating people that just, you know, now if you go back and watch one of the older animated stuff, it's like, well, you can enjoy this if you want, but that universe is dead. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah, and this is the problem I have with 
just saying, oh, we're just going to tell good stories. Eventually, after so much, you're just going to confuse people. Now, yeah, you can have three Jokers. You can have a couple of Batman. You can have a couple of Superman. But the minute you start having different versions of Hawkman or Shazam or something like that, regular audiences aren't going to be interested, regardless of the story, because they're going to, some people are going to be attached to one actor, some people to another, and they're going to say, well, this happened in the other one, so why is he acting in this way? And to me, I mean, yeah, as comic readers, we're used to this shit, but regular movie-going audiences aren't. And if, he, if they are determined to go forward with a shared universe, fine, mm. I respect that. But you've got to plan it out, and you've got to have someone front and centre. And it's no good saying, oh, we're going to have someone like Feige. You want someone there from the word go saying, this is what's going to happen. And what well, you cannot do is then turn around and just say, oh, yeah, that Justice League that we had before, we'll be keeping some of them and getting rid of some yeah. of the others. Because unless well, you're going to have a status quo changer like, which I suppose, what The Flash was going to do, it's just going to be confusing for audiences. Yeah. It's not just that. I mean, the, the, the primary thing you have to do, I fully agree with everything you've said, but I think step one has to be that you have to declare what, quote-unquote, counts out of what's already there. Yeah. it's like, is Henry, does Henry Cavill Superman, is he real? Does, does he exist, or are we just ignoring him? So does, is Man of Steel, does it count? Does it not? You know, does BVS count at the extended version that counts more? Does, is it Snyder's or Whedon's Justice League that we're going forward with, whichever one we like, regardless? Do you know what I mean? Is um, Gadot still Wonder Woman, or are we disregarding that? Do you know what I mean? We need to know. And they, they, I, I personally, I know some people are fine with it, but I hate this pussyfooting around of, like, it's a soft reboot. So when they brought out the Suicide Squad and it was like, tell me whether it's a reboot or it's a sequel to Suicide Squad. Don't just give me it's a soft reboot. Don't worry about it. I need to know these things. Yeah. I mean, my head can, and I took it as a soft reboot because it had... But what you know, does that mean? I hate that statement. <laughs> well, I mean? It just means they'll just keep some of the... Same as with the, you know, when the new Daredevil series launched in the MCU, they'll keep the same actors as the same characters and just pretty much ignore what went before. Now, I can work with that. But see, when it's when it's something like that, because I can I can still see the same Rick flag in Gun Suicide Squad as I can in AS Suicide Squad. We should wrap this up anyway. I start to. So, did you have any last um, sort of last thoughts on this whole situation? Or it, it, it's, <laughs> just, it's just to me, it would be good going forward if they had one person in charge who wasn't a dick and who mm. didn't sell things just for purely for financial and saw things. Well, um, yes, it is a business business. Yeah, but you know, sorry to interrupt you, but again, this comes back to something that's been said a lot, but I, I think it bears repeating is that Feige is not just a very good businessman, he cares about these stories. He's obviously a fan. That's what you need is somebody in charge of the kind of creative oversight and the financial stuff, but who's also a fan of these characters and loves these stories. Yeah. Just to finish things off then, just to uh, give you the state of play with WBDC as it stands, <clears throat> because that's what we've mainly been talking about. Although, again, there is other stuff like Scoob and stuff that we could mention, uh, which, again, just corroborates what a shit show they are. But in terms of the DC films, what we do know is that um, DC League of Super Pets is currently in cinemas. I can't say I've seen it. I'm not a huge fan of um, the voice cast involved, and it doesn't look great. The film Black Adam is due out, I think, in October of this year. Yeah. Um, 
and that's definitely going ahead. Obviously, as we said, that's there's no way that's not happening. You've got the rock involved. Um, again, we we don't really know creatively what the deal is with that. There's rumblings that it might be getting used to set up the Justice Society as a new Justice League going forward. But as DK says, there's no clarity with that, so we don't know. So, you know, when you're watching it, you might get another chance to see these characters. You might not. I guess we just have to roll the dice on that one. Sandman is another thing that's currently ongoing on Netflix. Uh, Shazam 2 will be out in December, definitely. Uh, that's confirmed. Uh, as for next year, we just don't know. Aquaman yeah. and the Lost Kingdom is supposedly coming out. The Flash supposedly still is. Who knows? We'll wait and see, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, who knows at this point, but we'll see if anything else happens. And uh, you can always catch us on our social medias and stuff where we tend to post these things about uh, any news and whatnot. And I'll have to start using the Apple Silver Screen Twitter and stuff to post this kind of news when it comes out, maybe as well. But uh, I will be linking to this episode for anybody that wants to know more. And uh, yeah, apologies if there was a bit ranting going on, but we are very passionate movie fans and certainly comic book and DC fans. We don't want to dislike these things. I think it's worth saying, especially before we record the top 10 best. We we want yeah. every DC project to be, to, to be loved by us and to be great and to do justice by the characters and everything. But yeah, it just seems like a bunch of... We, we are not execs, fair enough, but it seems like a bunch of bad decisions, certainly from us as consumers who want to see this stuff and uh, yeah. want to see with that, things, so. with that in mind, check out our recent uh, JSA World War II review. Yes, we did do a review of that, Justice Society World War II animated film, which is it's worth listening to. Because yeah. we also did a little game in there uh, with, that's worth checking out of, is the DC character real or fake? So, <laughs> and uh, yeah, definitely check out the next one because as opposed to this one, we We'll be telling you about the movies that we love. Yes. Although I have a feeling DC DK might make a rant or two about some uh, dishonorable mentions somewhere in there. But I've, we'll I've only got one, but it's worth it. Okay. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. As I say, all of our details are below, but you'll hear that in our fantastic new outro that you'll be hearing any second. And uh, yeah, any last words, DK, before we go? No, just uh, please check out our other episode. Say so, uh, well worth a listen. Yes, and uh, because this is the first time you'll hear it, thanks a lot to Timeless Journeys for the music uh, and everything. We will put a link to their SoundCloud in the description. Uh, and thanks to DK for putting us in touch. Uh, everyone take care. Hopefully we'll uh, get some happier news. And remember, in the epic words of Arnie, release Bad Girl or I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> you have been listening to the Silver Screen Podcast, hosted by Michael Wilson and DK. Created, produced, and edited by Michael Wilson. Behind the scenes sections and additional material produced by DK. Music by Timeless Journey. More information can be found at soundcloud.com forward slash timeless journey. Follow the podcast on Twitter at podcast underscore screen. On Instagram at silver screen podcast. Or look for the silver screen podcast under Facebook groups. Links to all our social media accounts and more are in this episode's description. This podcast is available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Just look for silver screen, hit or miss Star Trek. This has been a Mike's Podcast Production, copyright 2022. Thank you for listening.